Welcome to the Scanning Realities with Navis podcast, the podcast that provides laser-focused insights into trends in the world of reality capture and the tools that can streamline solutions and mitigate potential challenges within data capture workflows. My name is Michael and full disclosure, I work at Navis as a team lead. In today's episode, a closer look at reality capture in the energy industry. We'll be exploring this topic with two fantastic guests, David Murray, who's a project manager for TechNet Energies. We're also joined by Glenn Kearns with Intertech for 16 years. And together we're going to be exploring how new and emerging technologies will transform the working lives of everybody in the energy industry, from the professionals out in the field to numerous specialized teams and stakeholders that they work in close collaboration with, creating dependable digital representations of the existing assets in the physical world, potentially one of the cheapest ways to mitigate error throughout project lifecycle. I think, David, you you touched on a point there around the different stakeholders and collaboration. And I just wanted to understand how would that have happened in the past? Previously, would everyone have to visit sites? So we've had the ability to use laser scan before, but it looked very differently. So even five, 10 years ago for me personally, we would only give access to the scan data to a limited number of people on the project because they would have to have specialized software and training to use it. And we would use this as clash detection between our 3D model and the the reality capture, which brings in this scan data to compare and route commodities inside these existing units. So that's, that's the primary purpose we used it for. I know it's hard to explain to people listening in, but Instead of giving this data to, let's say, five to 10 people on a project team of hundreds before, now we're giving it to everyone. Everyone now has access to this tool through Ivion, and it's very user-friendly to use. It allows you to link up important data like Glenn was, was pointing out, and it's allowing us to make better use of the information, and it's an instantaneous change to our projects, and it's an immediate change to our our clients on how they want to make use of this information, given what capabilities we have now that we didn't have before. Great. Yeah, I think that really does highlight how technology has been able to offer the tools for collaboration of different organizations or between organizations, no matter where they exist on the planet, which is really interesting to hear. And this democratization of spatial data must have a really dramatic impact on the way the energy industry functions, but it must also require a real big mindset change for you guys that actually work within the industry. And I just wanted to get a feel for that. So over to you, Glenn, if you could really highlight, you know, while you've been in industry, what is that mind shift that must be taking place with whether it's different roles that are being created or just different ways of working? Well, so what I've seen is that, again, originally the primary focus was capture the laser scan data 
and uh, Intertech capture the laser scan data and give it to me. I'll take it from here, and I'm going to use it to design in and around the as-built data, the latest that's there, and make sure there's no interferences and clashes and that I'm not going to deliver something that I've designed off of dated 2D or 3D drawings that were conventionally available to me, and that's all I had to rely on. Well, now we've found that we've been able to educate our staff to go back to the client and educate them and let them know that that same large data capture that we just, you know, gleaned from your your plant, it could be used by other business lines and not just this one capital project that's going on. So now they can, within their own business, get more of a return from that scan data that was just originally collected for that given upgrade project, so to speak. So inspections can use it to update their 2D ISOs and their P&IDs virtually. And it, it will get them a long way. It won't always do 100%, but it keeps them out of the field. And they can use that to, again, update their drawings. You can take the scan data and create deformation maps for maybe a, a tank or a vessel or even surfaces at grade where you have you know, thought there might be problems. So we've just found that if the client is sitting on the fence about the cost of the data collection, then it's a no-brainer once we take on the role of educating the client and letting them know there's more that you can do with this data collection that was originally to solve one problem, you can solve many problems with it, and then maybe get you on your way to a digital twin like we were talking about earlier and start attaching uh, supplemental documents right from their server into that 3D virtual environment, and then try to keep it evergreen. Use the innovations in the technology that's out there now to where you don't have to rescan the entire area. You can just rescan pockets that have changed. Yeah, great. So I think, Glenn, it sounds like you're definitely on the side of pushing new technologies forward. They definitely exist already. And whether your clients understand them fully yet, you're definitely trying to push these new use cases and these ways of working. So you must be part of the group changing this mindset within the energy industry. I guess, David, do you feel that you're also in a similar place to Glenn? Yes, I do. I see it's our role to educate our clients on this opportunity because from their angle, this is all about removing uncertainty and risk from their projects early. You know, when, we, when these projects are started, there's a lot of unknowns and those unknowns are risks which are usually captured in contingencies. And so these are real costs which are applied to a project in an early stage, which can make approving such projects a real challenge. But by coming in early, we can remove risk and uncertainty. We can make these projects easier to fund and approve from an early stage based on doing that. So that's one part of it. Because these scans are now easier to achieve with this, uh, this mobile scanning, they're cheaper and you can come in earlier. And then the other part is that, like we've, we've talked about, you know, we, we have an opportunity to use these beyond the limited function of even 10 years ago. We can highlight many different use cases to our clients 
and we can walk with them and, and applying them to not just the, their capital projects, but their smaller ones as well. So yes, I do see myself as a champion for this opportunity. Using laser scanning over my career, I, I've been just taken back and just how the, the technology has advanced from something which was really tedious and, uh, you know, to, it was something that you'd be challenged on saying, well, why, why not just go to the field? Take a tape measure. Why are you spending hours on your computer when you could get the information by going to the field? And so to that comment now, I would tell our clients, we can do both. We're going to go to the field. And when we go to the field, we may bring with us this data capture alongside us to, and we'll gain more from that trip than we did before. Mm -hmm. We're going to combine those two things. We're going to be in the field and we're going to be in the office and we're going to have instantaneous communication and, and great data sharing between the two. Yeah, I, th I think there's a point there as well, David, around the, the data sharing. From my perspective, thinking of the energy industry and the technology that's available, cloud has totally unlocked a new phase of collaborative working. And is this something that is being embraced by the energy industry? Absolutely. We've seen it across the entire energy industry. I mean, our company has embraced it. Our clients have embraced it. It's something that was really taken off since, I would say, since the pandemic. But uh, we've, we've now seen where cloud-based sharing of all of our information is here to stay. And what can we do about it? So that's, I, I think this is an area which hasn't been fully explored, but I, we're seeing a lot of interest in applying this data capture in a cloud-based solution like Ivion, where it can be shared with a much larger group than, like I said, five, 10 years ago even. So it's, it's very exciting to see what we can do with it. Nice. And, and Glenn, do you see the same thing with your clients, this embrace of cloud technologies? I do. And so one thing is being able to, you know, have a collaborative environment that is available to you no matter where you are. You can simultaneously get in and meet as long as you have access to the Internet. But um, also the not having to wait on hard drives being shipped to remote locations with scan data. And uh, that's one of the big benefits to having it on the cloud is that you can process the data and get that data to the client quicker and the, the ability to even download that data, right, or portions of it. So if you wanted a piece of that data from a really massive project on the cloud to play with, then you, and you don't have any uh, hard drives or flash drives that's been delivered to you, then again, using the Ivion environment that David's been talking about, it's nice to be able to clip out an area and just download that in one of the many formats so that uh, is kind of mainstream used in, in the industry to have some options there. And so, yeah, collaborating on the cloud. Now, there is the challenge of, um, you know, making sure that you're, you get with your clients and clear everything through security and firewalls and this and that. But, you know, also being able to take other data collection methods of data that we collect below ground, data you collect by drones, either uh, from really elevated areas or like uh, drones inside of cages. 
being able to take all these data collection methods and combine them together and place them on the cloud is a real benefit to the client. Yeah, it sounds like the energy industry is definitely using the latest and greatest technologies available. It sounds like from you guys, it's really embraced cloud, but also the security associated with putting such sensitive data on the cloud. There must be a a good chunk of open roles within the energy industry. If we think of some potential students that might be listening to our podcast, do you feel that it's definitely an industry for young people to get involved in? I would say absolutely. You know, the like I, I said before, you have to stay on top of the technology as it evolves, you know, to take advantage of the latest that it has to offer. Can you imagine when maybe I was young and I got into the field and I was looking at a, a massive uh, plant and there was just one pipe run, for example, of a certain product line that I needed to follow from grade up through three levels to the other side of the plant. Well, do that with conventional means that were available to me when I first, uh, and this was before the wheel, right? Uh, when I first came into the industry. And now, uh, you know, if you graduate from college and you have that same challenge, you can take a reality capture scan data set. Uh, if you're using the products properly, you can make the whole entire plant data collection disappear, except for, using that example, this one pipe run that meanders through this maze of congested pipe racks and uh, equipment and all of that that goes into the process plant. And it's just the leap that, uh, you know, the technology has taken to make challenges, one example, to make really sophisticated challenges like that uh, simple is a huge advantage. So, yes, I think... Um, if you're young and you're getting into the field, this is something you definitely need to watch and get involved with and educate yourself on. Great, great. And then I guess as part of that, you know, it's a growing, thriving industry. I wanted to quickly wind us back to reality capture and think about how did the reality capture technologies and these workflows and use cases that we've highlighted, how can they, you know, contribute to the the growth in the future of the energy industry? Or are there more use cases that we've not spoken about that are still to come online? David, over to you. Well, first I want to respond to what Glenn just said and add on to that. <laughs> so if you're young, if you're getting into this industry, please join us and help us come up with an AI that can do all that, that tracking of the pipe from grade up to the third level for us. We'd love to have that. That's, that's my, my hope for the future. Um, so for other use cases, you know, I would say that they really, there are other industries other than the energy industry, which have more embraced the idea of a digital twin and, and data capture faster than, than we have in the energy industry. So I, I guess to, to answer your question, I would say that the, the other use cases within the energy industry are, there are many of them. There are many opportunities for us that we are only starting to scratch the surface on. And, and I would say that we in the energy industry, we're looking towards the, the manufacturing groups. We're looking towards the, um, I would say the automotive industry for examples of how we can best use this information, but it's going to be a change in behavior. This is going to be a change to how we do our business. And it's going to happen 
It's it's makes too much sense, but we need to to make sure that we are working with our clients because they have set definitions for for how they go about their their projects and their work, and this is going to be disruptive to that. It's going to be a benefit, but it's going to be a change from how I'll say generally how the energy industry sees this technology and sees its use. Great. Thank you, David. And, and thank you, Glenn, both for joining us today. And um, before we close, Glenn and David, just to let you guys plug yourselves, where can our listeners go to find you and the companies that you work for? Uh, Glenn? Yeah, so um, Intertech, we're a global company. You can find me at um, glenn.kearns at intertech.com. We're easily found on the website. And uh, we're, we're working a lot in the, the industry right now with, like we've talked about, all the upgrade projects and retrofits. But all, uh, the export terminals and the big modular projects and hydrogen projects and green projects that are coming out in all of the rage these days, we're heavily involved in those and like to help you out. Great. Thanks, Ben. And over to you, David. Yes, if you have any questions, you can shoot me an email. It's uh, david.murray2 at, te- at, well, I was going to say technipenergies.com, but we've just changed it to 10.com. But I'd love to talk to anybody about what we've contributed today. And just to say that a picture is worth a thousand words. If uh, if you're at all interested in what we've talked about, you know, you need to look up this technology that, uh, that Navis has made available, particularly the Ivion tool and see what's, what their capabilities are. Great, thanks, David. You're definitely making it difficult for people to believe it's not a paid promotion, but thank you very much. And I hope for everyone listening that the advice that we've shared in the podcast and the insights that we've highlighted helps strengthen your collaborative mindset and this effective democratization of spatial data. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please do like and subscribe and you can find our older episodes on any podcast service that you use. Thank you again for spending your time with us and we'll see you next time.